So the recent uh, fiscal update from Finance Minister Christia Freeland uh, did contain some new policy measures. And one of them, I think, is is worthy of some some greater attention and scrutiny. The idea of a new tax on stock buybacks. It's going to be a new 2% tax. It's going to kick in in January of 2024. So not just yet. Uh, The government believes that companies, and in particular, it seems, oil and gas companies, aren't reinvesting enough in Canada. So this measure is meant to try to encourage companies to invest more. The concern, though, is this could be something that actually discourages investment. Now, the revenue implications aren't massive. Uh, The expectation is uh, an additional $2.1 billion over five years. So, you know, in Ottawa land, it's kind of a drop in the bucket. But there's some serious concern about the downside of this sort of policy. Now, stock buybacks obviously are not unique to oil and gas companies, and this tax is not specific to oil and gas companies. But it's certainly something that oil and gas companies uh, have have made a lot of use of as of late. As a way of rewarding investors after some very tough years, and again, encouraging more investment in the sector. But it could have ramifications beyond just the oil and gas sector. There's an interesting op-ed just recently in the Globe and Mail looking at how this could hurt the economy. Joining us to talk a bit more about this policy, some of the problems potentially with this. Very pleased to welcome to the program here this morning, Stephen Globerman, a senior fellow at the Fraser Institute, FraserInstitute.org. And this piece you can find up at theglobeandmail.com. Stephen, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Help us understand what it is we're talking about here, the idea of, of a stock buyback, when companies are essentially buying back their stock from investors. Why do companies do that? Well, they do it for, as you say, for for one reason is to return uh, money to the shareholders, to some of the shareholders. Obviously, not everyone will uh, sell their shares back, uh, and uh, it's it's really a way of um, of um, moving money indirectly, moving money from a slower growing business to a fast growing business. Because what should happen uh, is when the money is uh, uh, let's call it uh, returned to the shareholder, the shareholder. Uh, uh, sells the shares back to the company and gets a certain amount of cash in return, they're going to reinvest it somewhere in the economy. And in, and in, in theory, they should be reinvesting it uh, in, uh, in opportunities that promise better returns, or they wouldn't have sold the shares back to the company in the first place. So it's really a, a way of making the capital markets function more efficiently. Right. So the government believes that by trying to dissuade companies from doing that, they'll take this money that they were going to spend on buying back stocks and they will invest it elsewhere. Is is that logical? What do you make of that argument? Well, if, if uh, on the margin, uh, it probably will encourage companies to do more reinvesting in their own business because they're being penalized if they return some of that cash to their shareholders. So, you know, on the margin... That that's a reasonable expectation. Uh, companies might also uh, choose to pay uh, more dividends, um, which which has its own implications, tax implications. Uh, but um, um, the, the point the point the main point is that uh, if 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 the managements of those companies that are buying back shares are acting in the interests of their shareholders, they're buying back the shares because they believe the shareholders have a better use for the money. Otherwise, they should be investing internally in the company. Mm -hmm. 
Now, it's interesting because the United States recently uh, brought in a similar tax, but Canada's rate is, is higher. So does that also put us at a bit of a competitive disadvantage here? Well, it, it, uh, it, it, the short answer is any tax that's higher than a, a competing jurisdiction puts your jurisdiction at a competitive disadvantage. Sure. Uh, anyone who, let's, uh, let's just say someone is thinking of uh, investing in the stock market um, and, and they have a choice, they can invest in the U.S., they can invest in Canada, uh, this is really a tax on, ultimately it's a tax on the shareholder. Companies don't pay taxes. Ultimately it's either shareholders or the workers who pay the taxes. So sure, it, it makes that particular investment opportunity, i.e. an oil and gas investment in Canada, less attractive than an oil and, and gas investment in the U.S., Right, and that's the concern. We're hearing a lot of it from oil and gas companies just because we've seen a lot of these stock buybacks more recently in that sector. It's not specific as mentioned, obviously, to oil and gas. But, yeah, that, 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 that flow of capital, if you're discouraging those investors from, from investing in these companies in the first place, then what's the fallout from that? Well, uh, the, the bit of irony here is that, of course, in both Canada and the U.S., the, uh, the conventional oil and gas industry is under a lot of government pressure, um, uh, as, as everyone knows, to to decarbonize and to cut back on their activity. And so in, in some sense, the, the buybacks, the share buybacks are being encouraged by government policy uh, right. because it's making reinvestment less attractive. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, you know, I, I think the idea of encouraging companies to invest in, in their own companies or expanding or hiring, that sounds great. But I, I think it needs to be, uh, you know, at least to, to approach this much more smartly than the government currently is. There are probably much more effective ways of incentivizing that kind of investment, isn't there? Well, uh, I agree completely. And, and, and the, the, uh, the, the logic of, of, the, of the argument is if you want more activity in something, say investing, you should be lowering taxes, not raising taxes. And I mentioned the expected revenue haul from this is fairly modest. I mean, you know, just over $2 billion over five years. Is it possible to measure or quantify the possible cost from this and to sort of do that, that cost-benefit analysis? Whatever revenue might be coming into government, are we losing out on productivity or investment on the other side? I think it's certain that we're losing uh, we're losing out on productivity uh, in terms of measurement. Extremely difficult because there are the indirect effects, and I mentioned uh, one earlier that um, you're 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 going to discourage at the margin uh, reinvestment uh, of money from slower growing businesses to fast growing businesses, and that typically means from uh, businesses where productivity is growing more slowly uh, to businesses that are growing. Uh, productivity more quickly. So you have a productivity loss because you've interfered with the capital market reallocation. The second uh, possible indirect effect is that private, privately owned companies aren't going to be subject to this tax. Right. And so you're discouraging companies from going public. And again, at the margin, we're, we're not, it's always at the margin in yeah. economics. Uh, and so uh, if companies need 
money to expand their business, typically what they're going to do is they're going to go public at some point. This is going to discourage some companies from going public, which means they're not going to expand to minimum efficient scale. Those are two important negative impacts on productivity, which is going to be economy-wide effects. So can we measure it? Very difficult to measure precisely, but directionally, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. And I mean, the weird thing about it is we have a year before this takes effect. uh, And I guess it makes sense for the government to give time for companies to adjust to a new policy like this. But I would imagine then, I mean, are we likely to see a a rush of, of stock buybacks over the next year? Yes, certainly that's going to be the, the that that's an incentive that's created. Uh, there, there will be more of of the stock buyback, and ironically, in this case, it's it's kind of a race to beat the tax, not necessarily motivated by well, uh, we're returning the money because we realize that you as a shareholder can do better reinvesting it somewhere else. So, yeah, I agree with you that that's that's likely to happen. Very interesting. Well, much more is mentioned. Your op-ed it's up at theglobeandmail dot com and much more at fraserinstitute dot org. Professor Globerman, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate this. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.